Reviews. Um, and today we're joined with Rachel and Robbie. Hi guys. Hi, how's it going? And we're here to review two films um, that have just been recently released in the film festival circuits. And that is Last Night in Soho by Edgar Wright and The French Dispatch by Wes Anderson. And you guys were lucky enough to catch um, early screenings of these. I think it was at the QFT because they were linked up with the London Film Festival. Was that correct? Yep. Yeah. Uh, last night in Soho, the release date for this, I believe, is on the 29th of October in the UK um, for the wide release. Um, we'll just start off with um, the premise of this film. Um, so it's about an aspiring fashion designer. Uh, who is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer but the glamour is not all it appears to be and the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something darker. Um, what was your initial take on this guys because I know um, kind of Edgar Wright's on the rise at the moment and the trailers looked fantastic um, so what was your initial take with the film? Robbie do you want to go first? Yeah like I did like it but I thought it, it wasn't as like good as I actually thought it would be. Um, I thought it lacked a lot of the, like Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright charm that you kind of get with a lot of his movies, like the kind of quick cuts and the, the clever editing. Um, I thought it lacked a fair bit of that, which I thought was surprising considering like um, how hyped it was. I thought he would really double down and all that kind of stuff, but I, I kind of found that it wasn't as, as fun to watch as say like Shaun of the Dead or... Um, even Baby Driver to an extent. Um, so that was that was kind of my main takeaway from it. That we can discuss the plot and stuff a wee bit more as we go on, because I have a few things to say about that as well. Um, but yeah, from from like a broad review of the film, I just thought it wasn't as Edgar Wrighty as I had hoped it would be. Okay, so was it like I know Edgar Wright, especially in Baby Driver, likes to interweave the soundtrack with the scenes that he's shooting. Was mm. that? prevalent yeah. in this or was it that was kind of... it was in a sense but i feel like there's so many like stylized movies that take place during the 60s that a lot of the music was like played out if that makes sense mm-hmm. um i yeah. just thought maybe it wasn't the best time frame for him to take because there's been so much media already about that time period um maybe it didn't like give him the chance to kind of make it a bit more unique in a sense yeah, I would agree with that as well. Because like when I think about him using music in films, I always think about when he uses Queen in Shaun of the Dead, and then in mm-hmm. Baby Driver. Like it's been a long time since I've seen that movie now, but like I remember like the main character would like put his earphones in and he would like he would drive to the different soundtracks and stuff. I feel like the music does play a big part in this film, which is kind of like one of his trademarks. But it's not as it's not done as well or like as stylistically as he's done it in other films it's more just it was more used as like an indicator that you're in a different time period like the fact that it was set in the 1960s and i agree with you robbie like there's so much media about the 1960s and you hear the music so often anyway that it maybe just didn't have like the same impact as music in his other films What did you think about um, the characters um, in this and the performances? Um, you had, I'm not even sure how to pronounce her name, but Thomason Mackenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy from um, Queen's Gambit and uh, Matt Smith as well. 
Um, was it a matter of, obviously from the trailers, you could tell that they were flashing between the two females um, mm -hmm. from the present to the 1960s. Does that start off straight away into the film or you know, is it a balance between both actresses when they're flashing forward and flashing back or is it just very intermittently happening? I feel like, uh, is it, yeah, Thomason, I don't know how you say her name either, who plays Ellie, um, is definitely like the main character and it starts with her um, because she's the person, I, I mean, it's kind of given away in the trailer that yeah, she has this sort of connection with someone in the 1960s, but the film is set in the present day. So it's sort of like she's the main real character that we're following. Um, and I actually thought she, she like, led the film really well I thought um, the last thing I saw her in was Old, the M. Night Shyamalan movie um, and I just don't think she was served very well in that movie like by the script um, <laughs> don't think anyone's served well in that <laughs> yeah, movie no, yeah. the movie was good for Definitely no one not. but like especially her, like she really stood out to me in that film, I was just like so I wasn't really sure what to expect from her in this, but actually I definitely left the film like a fan of her because I thought she led it really well and her character is really like innocent, like she's this girl that's moving from like the countryside in England and she lives with her grandmother um, and she's really lost one of her parents um, and she's now moving to London and there's this kind of like pretext of London being like amazing but scary and full of bad people but great people. So she kind of goes off to, to London by herself and she plays it so well. There's like a really good sequence at the start of the film where she goes to university and like anyone who has been at a freshers week in their first year of university I think will be able to relate to the whole sequence where you're trying to figure out like where you fit in with different people and you're introduced to all these sort of like new environments and like alcohol and parties and stuff like and it can be really hard to like settle in so she carries that all like really well and i feel like you really grow to like like her and then you really understand them when she starts to have these dreams that connect her with the anna taylor joy joy character you kind of understand why she cares so much about that and wants to spend more time in that world rather than like the real world. Um, so the two of them together were really good. They kind of are like counteract each other and that like Ellie is really um, like innocent. Um, and then the the Taylor Joy character, who I think is called Sandy, um, you know, she's wanting to be a singer in London and she, because of that, she's a bit, she's exposed more to like the darker sides of London. Um, and that's kind of where Matt Smith comes in as well. He's like a bit more of a darker character. So you feel like the character of Sandy's like seen and done more and she knows more about the world and she's maybe been brought up in London and like it contracts really well with Ellie who's like so innocent. Yeah. Um, are they able to connect to one another, Rachel? Like are they able to communicate or is it just a matter of her, she moves from, you know, one body into the other? It's like awareness um, and Edgar Wright does try and tie up, to be fair to him, he does try and tie all that up together in like the final third of the film and for me it didn't really work. But when you're in the moment of, of watching all that play out between the two characters and like the real world and the, or the present world in the 1960s, it's really enjoyable to watch, I right. thought, anyway. So don't think about mm. it too much, sort of, as to how they're connected a little bit. Just enjoy it. Yeah. It, it, when yeah. you're watching the film, it all will be revealed. It's up to you whether you like it or not. Um, we didn't really like it. <laughs> okay. Mm. Similar idea, Robbie. Yeah, it kind yeah. of starts like... Yeah, it starts as if you're kind of given the impression that it's all in her mind like she's created this character to kind of cope with the stress of like moving to london and stuff um and maybe just creating a persona that's like cooler than her because she doesn't feel like that cool or like that she fits in so she's created a character that does fit in but then it just kind of switches like halfway through without you really knowing and it's like it was a real person um 
and then that leads like there's further like it builds on top of that as the as the film goes on um she then tries to like track down this person like their history and stuff um so yeah it, it was like an interesting premise and as Rachel said i think he does edgar right does try his best to tie it all up at the end but how successfully was it that i don't know <laughs> since this has been released pretty much at the end of this week which is halloween would you say this is quite a good horror like halloween film or is it more thriller that's a really good point actually because it's definitely like it's marketed and i think it is like a psychological thriller with a few elements of like mystery in it but there was parts of the film that like did scare me like there is some bits that are like quite dark there's a few like jump scary-esque although they're not like cheap jump scares but there are like some jump scary-esque scenes and as the film progresses and she kind of gets more caught up like in this 1960s world and it leaks so much into her real life um, and there actually is a Halloween party in the film so it's set around that period of time so obviously your university term would start in September so it's actually set at the exact same time of year that, that we're in now so I totally understand why he pushed it to be released around now um, they read out a statement from him before the film started um, just talking about like basically please don't leave the theatre and like spoil the movie straight away because it's not out yet um, but he also he was saying that they, they pushed it to the winter time so that when you came out of the cinema it would be dark and I think that actually does suit like the sort of vibe of the film overall quite well because it is like a dark and when you think about London it can be like dark and rainy place sometimes so it definitely like suits those sort of vibes quite well it's quite a good October film I think Nice. I like mm. the fact that they considered the fact that, you know, you'd be going into the cinema when it's dark or coming out when it's dark. Never really thought of that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it can make quite the difference, actually. Yeah. Um, so just to wrap this uh, review up um, on The Last Night in Soho, um, where would you rank this amongst the Edgar Wright filmography? And what would you rate it out of 10 if I had to push you to do that? <laughs> um. I would say it's like it's not as disappointing as A World's End, which was the third mm. Cornetto trilogy movie, wasn't it? Like that yeah. was really disappointing. Um, I don't know. It's it wouldn't be up there for me because like we had talked about this when we came out of the movie, and that he there's almost too much like scares in it. If that makes sense, like there's a good forty five minutes of the film that's just relentless of like jump scares, and you never really get to take a breath. Um, so that really brought it down for me i think i think he just tried to be like it was just too intense um so i would probably put it down the lower end it's definitely no Shaun of the dead or um hot fuzz um so maybe like just below baby driver for putting it in at third uh i'd probably give it like a six out of ten okay good job um yeah i think it's hard that like we're always going to compare it to like the Cornetto trilogy like we literally have the Shaun of the Dead poster on the wall like it's one of our favorite films <laughs> so it was always going to be hard for him and I think you almost have to like separate that because obviously he made those films with Nick Frost and Simon Pegg so like when I think of him on his own I think of Baby Driver and I don't think this film is as good and as well-rounded and sort of unique as Baby Driver um, and the other thing as well is like I think he took a bit of a I don't know if it's a risk but like I respect that he tried to take a slightly different direction as other films and put a female lead um unlike some of the themes in it especially in its conclusion kind of look at male power over women you know male take, men taking advantage of women you know to help uh like get women to their goals to be like a singer especially like in entertainment and stuff and i kind of see where he was trying to go with those themes but 
I kind of felt like he was just a bit out of his depth. Um, and even though there was a, uh, I think the lady that co-wrote 1917 co-wrote this film with him. Um, so like there was a woman on like the writing panel, but I just feel like it just felt like a film from a male perspective about women's issues towards the end, which I thought was kind of odd. So for all those reasons, I'd probably give it like a five, probably a five out of 10, I'd say. Okay, fair enough. Um, bit polarizing from the looks of things. <laughs> Um, well, yeah. the thing is, yeah. it's totally worth a watch. I think because it's enjoyable to watch, but I think the longer you like sit on it and think about it and compare it to his other films, that's probably why I've ranked it quite low. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely go see it. Like it's a good watch. He makes good films, you know. Yeah, yeah. it is. So, it's a good watch. I just don't know how rewatchable it would be. Like people are yeah. still watching say, his original movies today. I don't know if this will have that like lasting impact. Um, but yeah, it is worth a watch. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll move on to the French Dispatch now. Um, so obviously this was the newest Wes Anderson film. Um, and I think it was one of the very highly publicised films coming out of the Venice Film Festival. Probably just for the cast alone. Um, he certainly attracts an insane uh, quality of A-listers when it comes to his films. Um, just a quick synopsis on the film itself. It's a love letter to journalists set in an outpost of an American newspaper in a fictional 20th century French city that brings to life a collection of stories published in the French Dispatch magazine. Um, This is definitely up there in one of the films that I'm most looking forward to up till the end of the year. Um, What were your takes, guys, going into this? Um, Are you fans of Wes Anderson? Um, what did you expect with this? Obviously, this is the first live-action film that he's done since Grand Budapest in 2014. So it has been a while since he's done a live-action um, film. Um, and then what was your initial reaction to the film? Like a first Robbie? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Um, yeah, I really like this film. Uh, I do like Wes Anderson, and we touched on it like right as we were about to start this, that I feel like the recommendation with this is, if you like Wes Anderson, go see it. Because it's definitely, like, going in, I was looking forward to it because I like him, I like the cast, and I like films about journalism. Um, And I think sometimes they're not, like, they can be done really well or sometimes they can be a bit crap. Like, that recent movie, The Post, was that a Steven Spielberg film? Um, Like, I wasn't a fan of that, but films about journalism could be done really well, like Spotlight or, like, All the President's Men. So I was really looking forward to it. Um, It's definitely, like, coming out of it, I felt that, and we can talk a bit more about like the film itself and stuff, but like my initial like reaction coming out was like loved it, loved seeing it in the cinema. But I don't know if I would recommend it to like people that don't like Wes Anderson, whereas his favourite movies of mine are his animated ones, Fantastic Mr. Fox and Out of Dogs. And I feel like you can recommend them to anyone. They are so watchable, even if you aren't a fan of him. Um, whereas the French Dispatch, it's so um, quick-witted, quick-paced, eccentric, and because it's got an anthology style where you're dipping in and out of different characters, you know, the only real thread running through it is this idea, like this concept of the French Dispatch that, I don't know, it might be a little bit polarizing if you don't like him and you don't like that like that type of cinema. Um, so that was my thoughts. Yeah, it's definitely, a, it's like a quintessential Wes Anderson movie. Like it's got all the hallmarks of his kind of movies. Like I was just waiting for Adrian Brody to pop up in it. And then obviously he did about halfway through. So um, if you like Wes Anderson, I feel like you will really like it. But if you don't, if you watch it and you don't like it, you'll probably just be like, oh, it's just like Wes Anderson. So 
So I feel like if you don't like Wes Anderson, yeah, as Rachel said, probably not for you. Um, but I'm the same as Rachel. Like, really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was like a fun watch. And um, sometimes I find like his movies can get a bit tiring because they're so stylized. But as Rachel said, because it was like an anthology, it helped break up the pace a bit. Into the French Dispatch, a factual weekly report on the subjects of world politics, the arts, high and low, and diverse stories of human interest. You don't think it's almost too seedy this time? No, I don't. For decent people. It's supposed to be charming. He assembled a team of the best expatriate journalists of his time. Berenson, Sazerac, Kremens, Roebuck Wright. These were his people. Just try to make it sound like you wrote it that way on purpose. The cast was, I mean, obviously they're all like A-listers, but the cast was really, really, made it really, really fun to watch. Another like really cool thing as well, I was just thinking there when you said about the anthology style, like breaks it up. I think there's like pros and cons to that, but it was good that, yeah, you weren't getting too tired of one story before it moved on. But they also use like loads of different filmmaking techniques in this movie. And I think if anyone else did it, it might come across as like a bit frantic, but I think he pulled it off really well. So there's like, he uses black and white a lot to show sort of what was written in the article because it's about like each anthology is taken by the author of the article and they're kind of given this like voiceover to it. So parts of it are in black and white. And then he also uses like split screen to show like two things happening at once or like the responses of two characters at once. And then there's also a really good like animation sequence in, do you know the last, is it the last story Robbie with the police commissioner at the dinner? Mm. There's like that whole like yeah. animated scene, which is kind of like in the style of his animated work. So, um, so there's like three main stories and then Owen Wilson does this as a character, does this like travel guide to the area of France that they're in. And I think there's like one other section as well. And there's kind of this thread running through it that, Bill Murray is the guy that owns the French Dispatch um, and he passes away and there's like a question of what the future of like the French Dispatch is going to be um, but like yeah the thread that connects them is that they all work there and it's kind of in the style of like a Sunday supplement or like the New Yorker or something so they all kind of cover these dense topics that are unique from each other but they would all come together in the one paper if that makes sense Right okay fair enough I'm interested to, to watch this because um, you don't really get that that many uh, anthologies these days um, or broken up storylines like that. Um, where would you place this on the Wes Anderson scale? Um, would you say it's up there with, obviously Rachel you said you prefer his animated takes, but where would you place this with, you know, is it as good as his earlier uh, live action films? Um, and do you think it's rewatchable? And also if it can push you to rate this one out of 10 as well? What would you to go first on that one? Yeah, like what I would say about it is that Wes Anderson is clearly someone who's working like at the top of his craft. Um, there was a lot of intricate detail to this movie, which I really liked. Um, sometimes it's fun to just go watch a movie by a director who like has a style and they're just really, really good at executing it. Um, so yeah. I couldn't find much flaws from like the filmmaking perspective for this one. Um, and like I said, the the way that it was so well paced and so well cast was a big benefit to it. Um, so I, it's definitely up there for me. Um, probably like top five. Uh, I'd probably give it like a eight out of ten if I was going to rate it. Yeah, I definitely think it's very rewatchable um, because it is so fast paced, and the whole thing is sort of guided by these different voiceovers. Um, and the voiceovers are literally so quick. Like, I think I wrote in my letterbox review, like, 
you just have to sit back and accept the fact that you don't always know what's going on. Like you kind of just have to be like swept along with it. So like, there's so much detail in it. I think you could rewatch it a couple of times and get something out of it. Like the Timothy Chalamet story, like he was one of the main reasons I wanted to see it because I really like him, but like I probably understood his story the least. So like I could re- definitely like rewatch it. Um, but it, yeah, it was good. Like it definitely, in terms of like rating it against his other films, like it struck me as a bit of a like indulgence for him which is no bad thing because like as Robbie was saying like he is so good that when you're watching like a great director indulge himself like it's enjoyable to watch because it like because it is so good the only thing I don't like about it is like and it's just a product of anthologies and it's the same way like I'm not a huge fan of like short stories and books either is that you're just not with the character like long enough to get like emotionally involved which it's a bit weird for a film about journalism when you think about it because like the craft of journalism or a good film about journalism usually there's like a lot of heart in it in the sense that it's usually a very sensitive humane subject or you know you're very involved with like the journalists and you see how they like cross over into the subject area and like the lines are very blurred and I was expecting that sort of film going in and it wasn't really so for that reason I'd probably give it like a seven um like I think I enjoyed Budapest Hotel more and I would still rank his animated films the highest, but like, there's no doubt it's a really good film and I'm sure like people that like him will absolutely love it. Yeah, you know exactly what you're getting with Wes Anderson. But yeah, no, I would agree, Rachel. Like one of my issues with him is um, sometimes the character development is so quick and fast paced. There's so much plot he's putting in there that it's hard to empathize with the characters. But, I mean, yeah. at least you know what you're going to get with him. You know, there's a lot of films out there you just don't know. You're kind of rolling the dice. Um, thanks, guys, for coming on. Thanks for your reviews on The Last Night in Soho and French Dispatch. That was great. We'll have to get you back on again. 